Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. How is everyone doing this week? Personally, I could feel a little bit better. You know, I've had a rough, rough weekend, as you guys may have noticed on my Instagram stories, which by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram already, you can do so at Deanna Espier, D-I-A-N-A-E-S-P-I-R. My brother has been in town this week and I I feel ashamed of how extra and arsolly we both have been on and off social media. So however arsolly we've looked on social media, we've been probably the same, if not worse, in real life. This week on the podcast, I wanted to bring a different guest that isn't a reality star or anyone related to the reality TV world. But I really wanted her to come share her story on the show because this girl has really been through a whole bunch of shit. Her name is Gabrielle Stone. She's the author of the book Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life. So the book is about her tragic divorce. She th- she then quickly moved on to a next relationship, which massively failed. And I just thought, you know, especially after guesting on the It's Complicated podcast, I spoke about dating in LA and so many of the struggles that we encounter because it is a very toxic dating environment here in LA. I really wanted to bring her on the show to make people aware of, you know, first of all, the fuck boys out there in LA or outside of LA. I don't give a fuck. I just think there's way too many fuck boys out there in the universe at the moment. But also, you're not alone. If you think that your dating life fucking sucks, and if you think that, you know, you're the only one who never gets a date or always gets turned down by a guy, there's worse than you. And her story is the proof that worse exists and you're not alone. We are also going to get into a bit of an analysis on the cringeworthy trailer for The Bachelor that has been, you know, going around on social media, along with nitpicking every single wedding trend for two, for 2020 as seen on The Betcha's website, because I'm kind of getting bored of all these fucking Instagrammable weddings and just weddings that are made for Instagram, okay? Just reminding you guys to obviously rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. If you guys send me a screenshot of your review, I will be sending you one of my very cute pop sockets. You can also go to the cantsitwithme.com webpage for all the resources and the links to all the stuff I'm talking about. And obviously, join the Bitches Sit Together secret Facebook group. I hope you enjoy this interview with Gabrielle Stone. And let's get into it right now. I have another very special guest today. If you haven't heard of her, her name is Gabrielle Stone. She's the author of Eat, Pray, 
hashtag FML or is it FML? I mean, it's technically- Eat, pray, fuck my life. It's fuck my life. Okay. Can I just call it eat, pray, fuck my life? You absolutely can. That's how it is intended to be. Great. <laughs> because you know what? You know, if there's like a, a cuss word, I'd rather just say it than use the initials. 100%. And the book is full of- cuss words it's just that I didn't want to plaster it across the front of the cover <laughs> I get it and also you want that searchability as well 100% so before we get into everything about the episode this is obviously a book about your tragic divorce about going to Europe and showing people that if they think their life and breakup sucks yours probably sucks even more yes and if you're going through a breakup I think it's a very interesting read before we get into all of that basically in my latest episode, I said I was going to do the weekly tip at the end, but I just didn't like the way it sounded. And I think I want to do it back to the beginning. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, why not give them something off the bat? That's what I think. Like, I was like, maybe I want people to look forward to it by the end of the episode. And then, and then it kind of gets lost in the episode. Yeah. No, let's be excited about it. Let's start with it. Let's start with it. Tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I'm going to start with my tip of the week and everyone is going to be so surprised by this one because I don't drink water. It's actually a bit of a problem. And it's something that, you know, as I've aged, um, people bring to my attention more and more. Everyone's like, you know, you need to start drinking water. Like, it's, you know. it's important. I drink too much. Well, I drink the appropriate amount of water, but I'm in the bathroom constantly. It's not conducive to normal life. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think that's good because at least you're like getting rid of all your toxins. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. You're just constantly peeing. It's See, I'm like a walking toxin. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But so I've actually tried to drink more water. So I went and I was a basic bitch and I got myself a hydro flask which everyone is doing cool 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 I don't fucking like it because the hydro flasks are very big and they're very bulky and they're very heavy and so I went on Amazon I was like I need a solution to this no bottle is good enough the only thing I really like about the hydro flask is the straw because you don't need to like tilt your head and give yourself you know break your neck while you're drinking water yeah um, because the bottle is like heavy enough and then my neck is tinier than the bottle so I got myself the baby hydro flask and a lot of people are like man you know it's not big enough you have to refill it we're not we're not a third world country like if you want to refill your bottle of water you're gonna be able to refill it somewhere and it's really cute guys I'm sitting here looking at it it's kind of fucking adorable it's so cute it's big enough it's like a small water bottle and then it has the silicone thing at the bottom so it's you know not noisy not slippery and it's pink <laughs> <laughs> so annoying you can put it in your bag it fits in your bag it fits in the cup holder in your car and in my opinion it's the best water bottle and it's actually helped me drink more water which is something I never thought I would do it's definitely more convenient the the big ones I mean even my big one doesn't fit in my cup holder and it's always like clanking around and really obnoxious yeah and it's like annoying this I'm okay carrying it around I bought the little strappy thing on Amazon to you know if I'm carrying a bag I just put it around my um like a purse, like, like a, a purse. water bottle purse. Yeah, like it's a water bottle purse. Like who, would want, who wouldn't want that? Hello. That's my tip of the week. You have a great tip of the week. So I really want you to share your tip. I do. So I was trying to like dig in my brain and be like, what should my tip of the week be? And then I was like, Doug, Gabrielle, you're here to talk about your fucking book and it's on Amazon. So maybe that should be it. A hundred percent. And you know what? We love an Amazon swipe up purchase link. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's available exclusively on Amazon in paperback and ebook form. Um, my personal favorite is the paperback because then you can stalk my Instagram and go back and look at all the pictures that I'm talking about posting in the book. Um, but if you are going through any type of heartbreak or breakup or or just like have had some shit relationships in your life or just need to learn how to love yourself and heal from some of those past relationships, 
you need to read this book because right. that's who I wrote it for. <laughs> so it's like an autobiography, but it's also a self-help book because by yeah. reading your story, people will relate and understand that you're not alone. Yeah. The best way to describe it is it feels like you're reading a Netflix show because it's wild and ridiculous, but you're also learning healing techniques and how to love yourself through my crazy adventures. So it's self-help without being in your face in an obnoxious, it's annoying way. It's not preachy. See, that no. I really have a problem with preachy self-help. So do I. <laughs> like, I try to read this book and forgive me for bit. I think I actually asked to have this author on my podcast to shit on their book, but they didn't want to come. Um, and it's called You Are a Badass. Yes, I've and, heard of it. Yeah, and like, you're amazing. Like, positive affirmations are really, fuck you. <laughs> I wake up, I have bags under my eyes, I hate myself, I've just picked up my dog's poop, I smell like shit, I don't want to tell myself that I'm beautiful and amazing. Like, I, I cannot cope with self-help with no substance behind it. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that there's a story behind your book, um, there's substance, yeah. and there's like something that people can relate to. So I like that. Go buy the book, bitches. Anyway, before we get into my questions and obviously pop culture updates, because there's so many of them, I'm so excited. Yes. Um, can you just briefly tell everyone what the story is about, what happened to you and, you know, why they should read the book? Yeah, absolutely. So I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months. Right. And filed for divorce, left. Shortly after that, met a man, fell madly in love with each other. How long after? Um, it was two weeks after I left my house, but that was a month after I had found out about everything. Right. And this Why was, did it take you so long to leave? I would have just left. Well, I mean, I guess uh, he was actually, it, well, he was on a trip and I had to wait for him to get home from that trip to hand him divorce papers. Shit. Yeah. It was heavy. And I was like waiting, not able to really talk about anything. And just is that guy like, from LA? Is it like a Hollywood story? Yes. Of course it is. Yes. He's, he's not, he wasn't in the business um, while I was with him. Uh, is he now? Um, I guess you could say in the Instagram world, not in the actual business. <laughs> he's an Instagram model? Yeah. I, you, I guess... I guess that's what they're calling them nowadays. Wait, what self-respected, like, man ends up an Instagram model? Well, when the 19-year-old that you go to is in that space, then you naturally end up in it. Is she famous? Um, On Instagram. <laughs> Poor bitch. Sorry. Um, that's amazing. Well, not really. Um, So I left the house, yeah. um, met a man after that, fell madly in love with each other, had a whirlwind romance of you know, like meet my family, have my babies, like you're the woman I'm going to be with, convinced me to go on a month long trip to Italy with him. Right. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Was there a lot of convincing that needed to be done? Um, there was a little bit okay. because I was like, this is insane. Um, and I actually, I asked, I was like, when are you leaving? And he said September 4th, which would have been my two year wedding anniversary. Oh, so you're like, fuck it, I'm going. Right. And then when are you coming home? October 4th, which is my late father's birthday. So I was like, okay, universe, I fucking hear you. Um, book my ticket. 48 hours before we were getting on a plane, he told me he needed to go by himself. I was... I hope he paid for the ticket. He didn't. I paid for my ticket. Did you get a refund? <laughs> I didn't. Um, but I was sitting there in my bed in tears, heartbroken, and was like, well, I can either stay at home and be heartbroken or I can go travel Europe for a month by myself. So Did you I, get on that flight? Oh, yes. We sat, sat next to each other, flew to London. I'm crying. He went on to Rome. I started my trip in London and I did seven countries over the span of a month and wrote a book about it. Okay. And it is called Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. This is a story that I feel everyone should hear because, you know, whenever you have even the slightest, tiniest little 
disappointment when it comes to relationship everyone thinks that it's the end of the world and that they're the only one yes and I feel like with you it's been just like when it rains it pours oh my god like I had the rug pulled out for me multiple times and this all happened in the span of two months like my ex cheating on me meeting the new guy falling in love and then being broken up with two months when was the time you know at any point where you're like this is my breaking point if anything else happens like I don't know what I'm gonna do Um, Was there a time where you're like, I cannot take anymore? Yeah, I think there was a time in Europe where I got the news that my uncle passed and I was just like, dude, universe, like give my heart a fucking break. Yeah. Um, But I mean that, the guy that dumped me before Europe like crushed my heart. I had never been in love in that way. Yeah. Not even with my husband and I didn't realize that until this guy. You this guy, yeah. And he broke my heart. Were were you really in love or do you feel like it was more like lust? No, and I wish it was like a rebound type of situation but I was really like madly in love with this man. But when you don't know someone for such a long time, you know, there's always that phase where whatever they do is amazing. Do you feel like if you had known him longer, like you would still be as obsessed with him? Or is it because you only knew him for that short amount of time? You're like, I was in love with him. No, I think it's we really connected on like a soul level. um, And he's still interwoven himself through my life since I've come home. Um, you know, we were both big catalysts to a lot of healing and growth in each other's lives. Yeah. Um, so no, unfortunately I think that, um, it was really real for me and I think it would have continued to be if he would have been in it. So when people say when, you know, you know, which bugs the fuck out of me. It bugs the fuck out of me too. But it's true. But it was. (laughs) I'm the kind of person, I'm such a twisted soul that I think that even if I knew, I wouldn't know. You're like, I'm still going to question myself and I'm pretend quest- that I don't know. Literally, I'm going to question every motherfucking thing, mm-hmm. every step along the way. Yeah. This is the kind of person I am. Which <laughs> like, is probably why overanalyze it all. It's probably why I have a podcast and I'm able to talk about stuff every week. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, you know, when you thought about the title, what is your issue, your issue with Eat, Pray, Love? I don't have an issue with Eat, Pray, Love. And actually to be... Blat- what does it mean to you? What does Eat, Pray, Love mean to you? Well, to be blatantly honest, I watched the movie for the first time the night before I left on my trip. And I was looking at the screen going, oh my God, this is my fucking life. Um... I hadn't read the book when I wrote mine and I knew of it obviously because everybody knows of it. But, Mm. um, when the guy who broke up with me before Europe, whose name in the book is Javier. So I'll refer to him as that when Javier dropped me off at my house after we had this big conversation of him going alone, he was like, how are you feeling Gabs? And I was like, like, I'm about to go on a journey of eat, pray, fuck my life. And it just kind of came out and was like, oh, right. that's definitely the title of what I'm about to go write. Right. Because um, I knew before I left that I was going to write this book. After all this shit had happened to me, it was too much to not put down on paper. And you've probably spoken about this in the book. I'm not entirely sure. But you know, you said that your husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months. Were you in like a sexless marriage? Was it just like just awful? Or what, did it just catch you by complete surprise no so we at the time um we had been unhappy for like six months I didn't understand why obviously it was because he was having an affair um but no we had sex two to three times a week and that's because I was working he was working we were both like going to the gym all the time um and when we went to therapy to try and fix these issues um that was one thing he requested he's like I want to have sex way more like you know, but he, you're all, but you're having sex with someone else, right? But he wanted it like twice a day, Fifty Shades of Grey style, and I'm like, bro. Like, Wait, how old is he? If, like, he's in his, like he's in his, he, he's a year younger than me. 
How old is he? Um, 20 or well at the Did time. Did you say your age? No, no, no. I'm yeah. 30. I'm about to be 31 now. Yeah. At the time that this was happening, I was 28 and he was 27. So he's 27 and he's like a newfound Instagram model. Like what? Yeah. I don't Poor know. guy. So I'm asking all these but like no, random so it, questions. No, so it wasn't a sexless, sexless marriage. We were having sex often enough in my opinion. Um, and times I later found out that he would be having sex with her and then come home and have sex with me. Um, which was so blatantly disrespectful of my body. Um, but it's also on a physical level. Yeah, disgusting. Like yeah. emotionally, is it like in, no? Yeah, on all levels. Besides the fact that like I'm your fucking wife and you vowed to protect me till the day you die. Like let's table that for a second and just talk about the blatant disrespect of my body. Did you, you ever know? ask him like? why wouldn't you just break up with me? Why did you keep this going for six months? Like, did you ever ask him that? I didn't ask him. The only conversation that we had was when he came home, I had the process, and this is all in the book, but I had the process server there, handed him the divorce papers. He came in to talk to me, continued to like, you know, lie and cover it up for the 15 minute conversation. And I had said to him, I was like, look, dude, if you would have just said, you know, this isn't working, I'm not happy we should get a divorce. I would have been like, okay, cool. I don't want anything from you. Let's try and like be friends if we can. And he just went about it in such a blatantly disrespectful way that that was never going to be an option. Why do you think, was he still lying? Because he wanted to look good in front of you guys' friends. What was it that pushed him to lie, do you think? I don't know. I think he just got so deep into it and it was deep. I mean, second phone and like the whole shebang. Um, I think he just got so deep into it that he didn't know how to get out of it. Right. Um, and we had just had this incredible wedding and like this beautiful honeymoon that all of our family and friends were at. Like it, you know, it, it was, that's hard to be like, oh, well, actually I'm a dick and I've been doing this for six months and now we're splitting up. Yeah. It's also like an image thing. He probably wanted to look better than he did. Oh, absolutely. Ugh, what a motherfucker. <laughs> and so uh, what do you say to people, you know, when, you talk to people about your traumas and your stories and they kind of minimize heartache and they're like, well, you, you could have had cancer. Like you should, you should be happy. Look, honestly, there's times where I, because people like that, I want to kill them. <laughs> well, yeah. I've had a lot of like, you know, I, I lost my father when I was young. I lost my boyfriend when I was 18. I've had a lot of serious shit happen. So I, I do look at things and I'm like, okay, perspective wise, my shit is not that bad. It's all making me grow. It's all made, like leading me. I'm a big believer and everything happens for a reason. But when you're going through it, you still have to validate yourself and be like, this is some shit that I need to really fucking deal with. Yeah. Um, so no one really comes at me and minimizes it for me. And if they do, I'm like, you're not even worth my time. But, yeah. you know, I think the reason why people are connecting with this book so much is because grief and heartache and love is universal and everyone has gone through some facet of it and needs to fix some shit around what it's left them with. I was talking about this yesterday, you know, when people, because I had this conversation on another podcast yesterday about people minimizing, mm -hmm. you know, heartache with other shit that is going on, you know, like people are going through in life. And as you said, it is very universal. I think that it just hurts everyone the same, yeah. no matter what the heartache or the story is or whatever. And, you know, there's probably people who are going through rougher shit than heartache, but it just hurts you the most yeah. out of all the things you That's can go so through. That's so true. That's that, what I think. Th this breakup, and it sounds so silly, but this breakup was harder for me to get through and like manage and heal from than some of the deaths in my life. Yeah. I mean, it was it's a physical feeling, yeah. you know, when your heart gets broken. And I had never experienced that before. And 
everyone should experience it at some point in their life because it changes you as a fucking person. Yeah. That doesn't make it any easier. But no, I mean, to minimize that is like crazy. Is there a moral of the story with regards to LA dating? Because personally, I had to find my boyfriend all the way to fucking Miami because LA mm. dating is literally the worst thing anyone could ever experience. What can you say about it? And do you think that, you know, part of the reason why you had an unsuccessful relationship or relationships is because you are in LA and the dating world here is so toxic? Um, I don't think that's because that's the reason why. Um, I think I just married a shit dude that ended up being a sociopath that nobody saw coming. But, you know, details. Um, <laughs> details. But I, I get asked a lot if I have like a wall up around my heart now and if I'm kind of guarded and my answer is no, my answer will always be no. Um, if there was ever a time I should have been guarded and put a wall up, it would have been after finding out my husband was cheating on me and filing for divorce. If I would have done that, I would not have met Javier, would not have fallen in love with him, would not have had my heart broken and would not have gone on this insane journey that led me to so much like healing and self-love and knowing my worth and having this amazing book to now share mm -hmm. with everybody. Um, so no, I mean, I don't, I don't ever keep myself guarded. Not to say that LA is a great place to date, not looking forward to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's... What does self-love mean to you? And don't be like, it's meaning I think I'm beautiful. And no, I not at all. Actually, self-love to me, everybody's always like, oh, well, you should be able to look in the mirror and say, I love you and you're amazing. And I'm like, no, that makes me feel fucking crazy. Dumb. Yeah. It makes me feel like a schizo. Uh, yeah. So no, um, self-love to me is as simple as doing things for yourself that your soul loves. Right. Like what can you give to your soul that makes you happy and writing down, I call it the self-love cocktail in my book and it's writing down things that make you happy. For me, that was like going to the gym, eating well, meditating, dancing, creating, and then committing to giving yourself things on that list every single day. So self-love is like self-care. It's caring for yourself. 100%. And I love that. It, because when you're in a relationship, what are you doing for the other person to make them feel loved? You're giving them things you know they love. Yeah. You know, you're giving them affection or if they like to do certain things and making them feel a certain way. So why, when you're loving yourself, would you not do the same thing for yourself? That makes me feel so much better about the, the term self-love because when people, it gets thrown around all the time and I'm like, you guys fucking suck. Like, I'm yeah. not going to look in the mirror and talk to myself. I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror half the time <laughs> because you know what? I have to look at myself on all those Instagram photos I edit. So no, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Um, so about dating and marriage and engagement and all that stuff, I really wanted to look at the trailer for the new season of The Bachelor with Peter. I'm so excited. Yeah, because I know that you love The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Yeah. Um, I only started watching this season with Hannah Brown, which yeah. I thought she was dumb. She should have picked Peter. I'm really sorry. You know, this season was weird for me. Like there was a lot of interesting characters on it like that one Luke guy but Luke I'm a diehard yeah oh I'm a diehard like trash reality TV is what I enjoy to go home to at night when I can eat my dark chocolate and, it's like, my meditation yeah same like I don't disconnect meditate. from the world yeah yeah 100% that and watching videos of Cardi B having rants <laughs> I love it meditation for me um so I have not seen the new teaser for Peter's season no we're gonna be watching it together and comment on that right now yeah we've just watched the very cringeworthy trailer. I have so many feelings about that. Tell me. I, I can't believe you. I, I had to watch it like three times to actually know what the fuck it was about. Okay. I probably wouldn't have even picked that up unless you pointed them out. But the fucking windmill, like... 
congratulations, you guys had sex four times in a wheeled meal. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, we get it. I, I don't even think that happened. I think that they probably filmed them in there. And I, I, I don't believe anything I see on The Bachelor. But it's like every, everybody has sex at some point on that show. And everybody has sex in like a fucked up location that is in a bed. Like, right. it ha- well, there, were, there was a bed in there. Right, but you know. There was just so many puns that I was just like, you've tried too hard because you had to make something interesting to watch because watching Peter's face in that video is just so painful. He is he just looks like he's afraid. Yeah, and it's just not personable. And like, the, the way that he's holding that rose. Boring. But he's so cute. He, I mean, yeah, he's cute for like a white dude. Like he's just kind of boring though. He's very like vanilla. Oh, you don't, you don't like him as a new bachelor? I mean, I don't not like him. Look, he's from where Westlake, which yeah. is I'm originally from Woodland Hills. You have a story about him. You said you bumped into him. Ran, well, we didn't bump into him, but my girlfriends and I were at Stonehouse, which is a, a winery out in Westlake. And he walked in with a couple of his friends. This was before he was announced as the next bachelor. And right. my girlfriend who was single was like, oh my God. Should I go talk to him? I was like, yeah, 100%. She didn't. She wouldn't go over to him. And he would have probably not been able to do anything if he was about to go be the next Bachelor. Right. But um, yeah, it was really interesting that he grew up in the same you know, area. Do you feel like what was portrayed of him on the show was like accurate? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know him as a person. Um, but See, I like the fact that he's like nice boy. Like, Yeah, no, he seemed really sweet on the yeah. show. Absolutely. And like he was charming. And, and I love me a pilot. Yeah. Because I'm afraid of flying. So I want someone to make me feel safe on a plane. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate flying. <laughs> um. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I watch all the seasons, even if I don't like who's chosen as, you know, the bachelor, or the bachelorette. But right. I'm not mad at it. What bugged you about this trailer? Um, it was just so overdramatic. The feeling good song, I can't. Yeah. It's too sexual. And then you had sex in and, a windmill. And like, then like the freaking rose petals slowly flying down into frame. It's like, guys, come on. I don't know. I would like to see something more fun and like less sultry because he, to me, he's not sultry. To me, he's like a cute, younger energy type of dude, not a... Birds flying high. <laughs> yeah, to me, he's more like a cute, like Michael Bublé. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a like cute, happy song. Don't What's be that so song? Serious. What's the Michael Bublé song that everyone loves? Um, just haven't met you. I just haven't <laughs> met you yet. Like, that's what I, do you know what I mean? That's what I see Peter, new bachelor. Yeah. That, that's the soundtrack to his season. Yes. I just haven't met you yet. Like, cutesy, happy. Like, I felt this was very sexual. And then you see this super awkward dude with like, a half smile but a petrified face yeah you know it would have been cute if like the guy was confident and gave a little wink and it would have been like very cringeworthy but at least not cringeworthy in all the wrong ways it would have been cringeworthy in the right way yeah this just doesn't work for me i really truly hope that whoever the fuck produced this season or that show did not do the teaser yeah (laughs) that's what i meant sorry i'm still staring at his awkward face and i'm like what the fuck were you thinking like were you constipated i don't know and i see i feel like this is what happens when producers come on and they're like okay we need you to look over here and pretend you're seeing this and it's just like let someone just be in front of the camera it doesn't need to be so overproduced yeah who do you think would have made the best bachelor this season I mean, I was really a fan of what's his name, Tyler. Was his name yeah, Tyler? but see, and then the, the runner-up guy. Yeah, but then but Gigi. then he went and started dating supermodels yeah, and shit. And I but like, I really did like him as a person. Like he seemed really real. I mean, Jed for me was that since the beginning. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? I don't no, give a same. shit about your music." Same. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Know. And I used to be a musician. I'm all for like, so, you know, I just recently had um, one of the guys from Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, like the rap competition, like all for that. 
If you want to be a musician, don't go the fucking bachelor. No, that's like the way to tank your career. Not like like no one takes him seriously. Yeah, no one is taking him seriously. And then you turn out to be a fucking douchebag, anyways. It's like, come on. That's the thing. When you go on the bachelor and you want to be an artist, like a songwriter, you are going to end up only with producers who are like, I'm going to work with him because he was on the bachelor. You're not going to actually work with like sick producers. Yeah. You're just, yeah. This is not strategic. This shows that you have literally a pea sized brain. Anyway. I love reading the news on betches. Okay. Before I even knew about this website, I or like I was always a bitch. A bitch. Why am I saying a bitch? I want to say the real word, bitch. And so I saw this article that was very interesting because I love reading all these entertainment news websites because I'm not the one go like spending all day stalking all these celebrities. Like I get all the news tips from the websites. Yeah. Hello, I have a life. Oh, I watch E News. That's yeah. like my one show. Like, do you think I have all that time to like go and stalk everyone? Fuck no. But if you do have time to do that, you know, enjoy. And I saw this article called The Top Ten Wedding Trends of 2020 according to the knots. And so you've been married before. I have. How did you go about your wedding? Is it too painful for me to, uh, to ask you? No, not at all. I'm Thank so you. like disconnected from that entire relationship and Love so it. By the way, I went through something very similar where I was almost married and like uh, a whole... Tr- so, well, at know. least you got out before you dropped all the money on the wedding. Yeah. That's actually a very good point. Yeah. But I also like... My poor mother is still like... <laughs> why <laughs> yeah that, you know what but th- at this point you know when you've been hot you don't even care about the money you're like just get the fuck out yeah you just get I me mean? divorced yeah um so yes no it was we were engaged for about two years before our wedding because he proposed after eight months which should have been a sign in the first place um but we but see, i would get engaged after eight no months. i know but so we had a longer engagement and um we had a beautiful wedding uh, at a location called hummingbird nest ranch that was stunning how many people uh, 135 ish. I love that number. Yeah. I love 150 people wedding. Yeah. I'm over the big weddings. No, it was amazing. It was super like fancy and lavish, but personal and like filled with so much heart at the same time. I still, my wedding still, any of my friends best would be like, that's the best wedding we've ever been to. Um, I produced the shit out of that wedding. We just cast the male lead wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> produced um, the shit. That's what I'm like. I'm a micromanager and a producer on yeah, all fronts. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Like nothing went wrong. Like there was no catastrophic event. Like everything went off super smoothly and it was amazing. So, but we, I did definitely use stuff that was on the knot. So let's let's dive in. Okay, so they're <laughs> saying that the top one trend is eco-conscious sustainability. Okay, I, I mean, I can get behind that. Asking wedding catering companies and bartenders to bring reusable drink stirrers and straws to avoid using plastic. I well, first of all, who uses plastic cups at yeah, a wedding? No, I, I think do people maybe, do that? No, but maybe they mean straws and like the stirs and like for coffees and okay, stuff. Okay, can I just say when I'm stressing about my wedding, that is the last, like I'm yeah. not, and I do try to like have a water bottle. I try to use straws, but like on my wedding? No, but that's something that's for the catering companies. That shouldn't be on the bride and groom's checklist. Yeah, but they but say I, that. I definitely support that. No, I support it. But I don't want to worry about it. No, about no, no. it. I want the catering company to like be like, oh, by the way, we're like sustainable and like yeah. eco-friendly. And then I'll be like, cool, you're cool. But like, 100%. I don't, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to yeah. think about not upsetting whatever the fuck her name is. Cause she sat yep. right by her friend who fucked her husband. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying inclusive menus. Everyone can enjoy is number two. Okay. Let me just stop. That's a way of saying like, you need to have vegetarian and vegan options and like, you know, people are gluten free and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we get it. Like everybody needs something to eat. So yeah, like you always have a vegetarian option, but like it's at the same time, it's your wedding and like, you know, you want to be able to serve the food you want to have. And they're saying here that, um, 
since everyone has suddenly decided to become vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just be allergic to everything. Hello, <laughs> welcome to LA. <laughs> One new wedding trend has couples covering all of their guests' dietary needs. Think super creative menus with food options for even your most unbearable that's hysterical at least they're like calling themselves out on it so you're basically they're saying like spend triple the amount of what you would spend on the menu to feed everyone eat the fucking cake enjoy yourself and you and if you can't eat the cake i don't know have like a what do you call a emodium afterwards for me whenever i'm on like a crazy diet if i'm like prepping for a shoot or something if i'm gonna be that person i bring shit with me like i will have my like little dark chocolate sunflower butter at trader joe's tip of the week use that i Go love get that, that tip of the week um bring diet, your own shit yeah and like bring it in your bag and now you have a dessert and you're not annoying no you know what the bugs worst. me the most is when people come out to dinners like for any dinners like, i can't eat that get the fuck out stay home don't yeah. come it really bugs me. Yeah. But so I like this idea of like, you'll still sit, you'll still get something, but if, you know, you can bring your extra whatever. Yeah. And you can tell, you know, the chef or whatever, can you make it without butter or something? Yeah. Yeah. And or I if, mean, I do that all the time. I'll go to like, you know, restaurants and I'll order steak and I'll be like, look, I just need it with no butter, no seasoning and yeah. bring me like veggies on the side. It's, you can do it anywhere. You That's don't have to great. be vocal about but it. But if, if, <laughs> if there's a set menu at a wedding, suck it up. Yeah suck it up like yes. i don't want to spend five times the amount for your dietary needs no. i'm sorry be a normal human we're lucky enough that we get to eat all this shit like i was thinking about that the other day and i'm not trying to be a preacher because fuck that i hate everything about that but for example every other living being on this planet does not have all the all the choices that we have at our disposal just just eat the fucking food yeah and if you cannot eat it because you'll end up at the hospital just shut the fuck up i don't know or don't eat it don't eat it that's what i mean (laughs) suck it up you know guests are serving themselves at the bar so they're saying that now it's like diy apparently like buffet versus plated wedding guests are starting to serve themselves at the bar and i don't mean oh the bar yeah the the bar oh no (laughs) see i totally disagree with that because then your your drunk friends who are those friends that are gonna fuck up your wedding are gonna be ridiculous and out of hand but if you're like me and you can't take, you can't hold your alcohol, it's the best way of not having the stupid bartender give you three shots instead of one in your margarita. Yeah, but if it's an open bar, you should be able to like request that or check on that. Like I, I dude, we had so many, my ex-husband's friends were like notorious for being drunk hooligans and I was like not going to have that at my wedding. It says this new wedding trend includes things like wall mounted dispensers and margarita bars that allow guests to mix their own drinks all night without having to waste 20 minutes trying to get the part, the bartender's attention, which by the way, ruins a wedding experience yeah. for me. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to yeah, that. But it's just like have more bartenders, like yeah. with the amount of people that you have, like get bartenders accordingly. And like when you're drunk. I don't drunk, know, that just sounds dangerous to me. And when you're already drunk and you're going to get yourself another drink, there's very high risk for like spilling and spillage yeah. on your beautiful outfit. It's so like, I'm not down for that. Not a good situation. It's just cheap. And you know what? Like, I'm okay with like a cost effective wedding, but like that's just cheap to yeah, me. I agree. Like, you need, stay classy. New types of bold lighting. Okay, I already can see a fucking thirsty Instagram. Like, it's Instagrammy, mm. and I don't want anything Instagrammy at my wedding. I just want it everything to be Classy. for pure entertainment. Yeah. I, I don't want a fucking, like, Instagram booth with lights for people to... I don't want that shit. See, okay, well, we had a photo booth. No, but I like but, a photo booth. But I it don't was like, like the it. traditional four pictures. It wasn't like an Instagram thing. It was like, this is something that you can take home with you. And it love was the cute. love the vintage photo yeah, booth. Yeah, yeah. I don't like an Instagram set no. like the Museum of Ice Cream at my fucking wedding. No, I don't want that shit. No. Okay, number five. <laughs> <I'm gonna> <laughs> sh- 
how to please Diana? Don't have a fucking wedding. Um, <laughs> how to please anyone? Apparently, right? Florals, but groundbreaking. What the fuck is that? Oh lord! Flowers are going beyond the bouquet this year. Edible flowers in salads, ice cubes, water infusion on desserts, in drinks, and basically anything else. If you're obsessed with flowers like I am, this trend is probably a favorite. Florals have now couples exploring different flowery textures and shapes for a more monochromatic wedding look. I mean, that just sounds like more money to me, but whatever your jam is, I guess. More money, but like, this is cool. Like, yeah. I I like an artsy moment. This yeah. is artsy to me. Yeah. I like creative. Wise. Yeah. I don't know if I need to eat my flowers, but the decor stuff is beautiful. No, if you look, if you go on the Betches website and you look at the, the these new wedding trends, this is cool. Um, I don't know how much more fun it's going to make the wedding, but it looks cool and I appreciate an artistic moment. Yeah. Good for pictures. Great for pictures, but not Instagrammy. No, so no, it's no. an acceptable picture. Yes, yes. Um, live entertainment and experiences. I feel like that's just always been a thing. Yeah. Right? Yep. We had a flash mob at my wedding. What's a flash mob? Uh, a flash mob is where one or a few people start dancing. And then as the dance goes on, more and more people join in. But That's it's a surprise. So no one knows epic. about it. So I didn't tell my ex-husband about I love how I'm talking about my wedding and I have to specify ex-husband. Yeah. Um, bye. Welcome to my life. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't tell my ex-husband about it. So I started the dance and then some of the bridesmaids came in and like family members. And it was actually really freaking cool. That is Eh, yeah i'm telling you produce the shit out of this wedding it was fucking amazing but you know what they say when it like rains on a wedding it's good luck maybe everything went so perfectly bad luck it was too perfect yeah like that's the thing if i get married and everything goes perfectly at my wedding i'm literally gonna spill a glass of wine in my white dress you should because Because otherwise you'll end up divorced you're fucked yeah you're (laughs) fucked you know when they say like new year is is how you're gonna spend the rest of the year no because you can only go up from here literally (laughs) morals are set the bar low Set the bar fucking low and be pleasantly surprised. That's my motto in life, by the way. I've said it in so many interviews. New fashion. What are they saying about this? I did not like the Justin Bieber, Hailey Baldwin till death do us part on the dress. Because first of all, I love them. I don't believe it. Like they're they're in Hollywood. They're definitely going to get divorced. Okay. First of all, I'm so out of the loop. I had not even seen that dress. It literally says till death do us part in the material. In the fucking dress. It's so tacky. I can't. I'm not a fan. Yeah. And you know what? Like. Hayley Bieber is my style icon. Like right. she can do no wrong in my eyes when it you comes guys to fashion. Like looks like you have similar vibes. <sighs> I literally had a heart attack and I couldn't be more. <laughs> like this is better than my fucking wedding day. Let me tell you. <laughs> Screw the wedding. I, I was told it. I looked like just and the Hayley Bieber. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I could. I could do that for We're you. Fucking today. good. Um, but but the dress. The dress. No. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Barrettes and combs are having a moment. No, no, no. This is Dorit from um, the Real Housewives. Less is more. It, yeah. What. I don't care what era we're in. I don't care what century you're in. Like less is fucking more. And the more you do it, the 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 uglier you are. I, I agree that less is more. And especially like in this specific picture that we're looking at, like her whole fucking head is bedazzled. It's not even a bride. Like it was her at no. a Real Housewives reunion. Like I'm okay with some bling if it's like a little pop here and like a little pop here. But that's like your head is bedazzled. <laughs> you can't even see your fucking head. It's like, are you marrying you or a fucking hair clip? I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, wedding registries to last forever. I have very strong feelings and I don't want to go too much into it because running out of time and I don't want people to get bored with this episode. But go to my Amazon wish list. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm an inexperienced bride. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I, I'm in agreement. I actually, someone pointed out to me before my book came out because I was really trying to like get rid of all my social media traces, make sure there was nothing 
of me and my ex um, for anonymity reasons. Yeah. And um, my wedding registry was still up. And I had to email them and be like, yo, you guys take this down, please. And they finally did. But it, yeah, otherwise it would have just been on the internet forever. Does it stay forever? Yeah. I mean, unless you email them and tell them to take it down. I mean, it was three years after our wedding. What is it? Two Co- years after. Couples are p- particularly loving all-in-one registry tools like the Not Registry to manage all of their registries in one place, including cash funds, so that guests can contribute to upcoming finances the couple is anticipating for their newly li- newlywed lives. See, that I'm okay with because I'm it's cool like, it's your wedding. You want whatever gifts you want. And it's like, I might as well put the money somewhere that you're going to use it. Unplugged honeymoons. No, thank you. Yeah, I think there's a balance, but I definitely wouldn't want to just be completely unplugged. I, I've actually taken a step back from like being on socials and like being on my phone. Like I used to always be on stories, which like, don't get me wrong. I watch my old stories. I'm like, I'm fucking hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the mental capacity to do it anymore. Like yeah. Instagram is bugging the fuck out of me. Like none of my posts get seen anymore, which like. Well, not even the people that are following you always see your posts. It's like this whole algorithm bullshit is just ridiculous. But I, I think there's a balance to it. Yeah. I no longer post like personal shit on stories because I feel like everyone felt like they could judge and they knew everything about me. Mm-hmm. And then when I ended up meeting up with people that I hadn't seen in years, we're like, oh, like, so you, how's the influencer life? And I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like me, influencer, have you looked at me? <laughs> like, I don't even know what it's like to wear jeans anymore. Right. No. <laughs> Oh, that was the last one. Um, no, don't unplug during your honeymoons. Do selfies. FaceTime your mom and dad. Yeah, I like, FaceTimed my mom when I was on my honeymoon and like walked her around the hut we were in. Yeah, FaceTime your friends and then leave your phone when you're at the beach. But like, don't unplug. Yeah, no, like, a balance. A balance. What do you think about all these trends? What do you have to say about wedding planning? Um, I think that there's some that are valid and some of them I think are bullshit. But each bride is going to be super different and... It's about once you get to the wedding and you've done all the planning to just let go and like whatever is going to be is going to be and enjoy it and really like delegate. Yeah. And take the moments to realize that like all of those people that are there are never going to be in one place at the same time again. And I still hold that really dear to my life. That is the best. You know what? That's the best thing I've ever heard about wedding. But most importantly, when you pick the people that are going to be there at your wedding, pick the husband, aka the groom wisely, because (laughs) just do that. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Top advice. Tell everyone where they can find you on social. And again, plug the book. All the plugs. Pimp yourself out. <laughs> pimp yourself out. Pimp yourself out. Um, so I'm on all platforms at Gabrielle Stone. I'm definitely the most active on Instagram. Um, the book is at Eat, Pray, FML on Instagram and all other platforms. And you can buy the book exclusively on Amazon. You just go and type in Eat, Pray, FML or my name and it'll pop up. We'll do a swipe up on my Instagram. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This You're was so, so great. Welcome.